Hey everyone, this is the Better Fight Cast. I'm here to get schooled on all things MMA with our historians of the sport. They've followed the UFC, Bellator, and every cage fighting organization for decades. You rookies, keep up if we go deep, and you vets, please bear with me when I ask a few dumb questions for the uninitiated. Our warriors? In the left corner, Joe Newbauer is at the MMA historian. In the right, Sean Newbauer is at MMA underscore insomniac. And in the middle is Gabrielle Shirley at Gabby underscore T. She's somewhere between a historian and a rookie like myself. I'm Matt Crocomo, a writer credentialed in dissecting information and a health student exploring how to maximize the human experience. Today we do that by studying and sharing in the glorious, inspiring combat of the purest, bestest sport you can follow. Historian, where shall the schooling begin? Of course, like always, I have to jump right into the fights. This weekend there was no shortage. I caught three events this weekend. Could have watched more, but it's hard to squeeze more into my time. Wait, wait, there was three events wow. this weekend? Hat three trick. events I watched. That's right. Are we, are we going to burn here, or is this a genuine question? Sometimes I can't tell. This is a genuine question. I didn't know there was three events in one. Yes, Insomniac, there was. I knew of the one in Fortaleza, Brazil. Yes, and I know of the one on Friday night, because I watched the LFA for the sixth time, as I watched LFA 6, and the phenom I have been talking about, I watched none other than Miss Mackenzie Dern fight. She fought against Catherine Roy, and it wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but it was a good fight. You've been talking about Mackenzie Dern. Mm-hmm. Was a refresher on her real quick? Refresher on her is she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I mean, I'm talking a phenom on the ground. Okay. She is probably... She's with you? You Wait, could compare you her this was on LFA, the ground. right? Yeah, this is okay. LFA. Okay. She's going to be the Damian Maia of women. Nice. She's jiu-jitsu. not the one who was 116 trying to get to 115. Is that her or is that someone else? No, she, she has weight issues. I could chime in what she is. Yes. Okay. She's hot. Sweet, dude. Com- <laughs> That's okay. awesome. Long story short, Sweet. she's a very skilled woman. Before I even get into how good looking she is, they are genuinely <laughs> comparing her to the, as the next Ronda Rousey. They think she's going to be a mega nice. star. That sounds familiar. I'm thinking... Right. She's got a good name. She's got a good name that look good and sound good on, sounds good on the radio. Or, you know, all mm-hmm. of the formats that look good on a poster. Mackenzie Dern's got a nice... Does she have a nickname? A nice ring to it. Just Mackenzie Dern. That's She'll all have I so far now. No, they have it in quotes, Mackenzie. McKenzie, I mean, this was only her third professional fight, <laughs> which is more than most women that come to the UFC. I mean, the women are still blowing up, but the problem is, it's her second time in a row she could not make the 115-pound mark. Ah, it is her, okay. She couldn't even make the 116-pound mark, and then they had to do another catch weight. She had to make 120, I want to say, and then she didn't make that the first time. She had to make 120 again. Clip your fingernails, shave your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so Mackenzie Dern, I, I keep staking she's going to be the reason the UFC starts a 125-pound division. I really yeah. predict that in the future since they've created a 145-pound title, and I'm still scratching my head because I defended it. But with the UFC now, they haven't even booked one 145-pound fight at all, and hey, we're going into June now. Hey, historian, can you rewind that and say that one more time? Well, no, that doesn't mean you're right. I still defend that they need more divisions. I want 145, I want a 125, and eventually I want to see a 105. I'm going to keep saying that. My only problem is I don't understand why they made the title at 145 without even booking another fight. Without That's a, a division? confusing. Well, you know why. Because they thought Cyborg could be that other big name to replace Ronda and Connor, and they didn't think about anything other than that. 
Cyborg's back, and now nobody wants to fight her. But they still haven't booked anything else. What I'm saying is they haven't even booked a undercard other, yeah, fight. There hasn't been one not other one, fight no. for not that division. Not one on any no. card. Even an international card stuffed on the FS1 prelims as the first fight Not of the even night. a hint of when this girl's going to defend her title. That's not why they even really that. Got, they really burned well, themselves by banking on It doesn't matter what she has to I get. Know, but Cindy Dandois got signed to the UFC, and... She's fighting 135, and she's a 145-pound fighter. They knew the only people that would fight Cyborg would do it for the belt for the introduction of the title because they're like, you have no choice. I mean... (laughs) Do you want this fight or not? They haven't nothing, signed Megan Anderson yet. That's else. the biggest name outside. But there's a the rumor right out there now. saying she's very close. It's a rumor. I'm still waiting to see it though. I'm not defending it because there's nobody else in that division. There's mm-hmm. not another fight. There's nothing. Like it was as if like we need a title fight for Brooklyn, mm-hmm. so we're gonna make up this title. Mm-hmm. But it looks like right now, unless she's having trouble like Henry Cejudo first did when he broke into the MMA scene. Which yeah, to remember, he had a hard time making McKenzie 125 hard time getting to the 125 mark. Are you, t- are, you, are you back on Mackenzie Dern right now? Are you talking about yes. someone else? Okay. She might be having a hard time because I remember when Henry Cejudo, who was a former Olympian, mm-hmm. gold medalist, he had a hard time transitioning to MMA making the weight to make 125 pounds. Okay. Man, he, he I think, came so up maybe short about five or six she's times. She's tried to round herself out a bit. She's got like more muscle in more places and it's way more. No, she I think she's having trouble getting the 115 and maybe 115 isn't for her. Well, why would going to mixed martial arts do that like why would it matter because they're not as young like Henry Sejudo was making that you know weight when he was much younger wrestling for the Olympics he went to MMA it's just different you're not you're not living a lifestyle as crazy as that and for whatever reason he just wasn't making it for a while when he but when he got to UFC they're not pushed to train as hard they're training as hard but it's, it's different it's the Olympics they were younger too Okay, so is being thing. younger the answer and doesn't really have anything to do with the well, fact that Gabby, it's transitioning? Look up, what so she was a, she was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and now she's going to MMA, and she can't make weight since she's gone all you know all forms of combat, not just Jiu-Jitsu. Well, she does, there's only two weight divisions, right? and that's why I say it's unfair for women. She has 115, or she has 135. She's smaller, so naturally she's going to try to make 115, and she's only made it once so far out of three tries. So my assumption is maybe she's getting booked these fights because you're not in the UFC and you don't have as much time to prepare. Okay. Maybe she just had two last minute. Okay. You know, or she I just needs a real is. nutritionist in, in her corner. Or yeah. she just needs to go to 125. It was, um, he won the gold medal at, a, at 121 pounds. Yeah, okay. So that might have been a younger thing. <clears throat> okay. So I, I don't know. But so what was, Dern, the, what was the other fight card this weekend? <clears throat> well, I didn't even finish with LFA yet. Oh, Mackenzie Dern showed her all-around skills. Mackenzie Dern showed her all-around skills against Catherine Roy, and actually stood up and fought with her. And Catherine Roy was a former Golden Glover, so I was really impressed with Mackenzie Dern's stand-up game. It wasn't the most exciting of a fight, but Mackenzie Dern dominated and did what she had to do to win. And it's just showing her progression in MMA. Her next fight, I think, is going to be for the UFC, unless Scott Coker's really smart. And really comes in here and makes a big play for her since he's already stated 100% he's starting a 125-pound title. Because that's what I would do if I was Coker. Yeah. I would go steal this girl right out from underneath. The UFC the punch, start that mm-hmm. division. And create that 125-division around her. pound women's division, right? By like two weeks or something? It was around the same time. But UFC was first. I think so. Yeah, UFC was first. Two, three weeks. Huh? Yeah. But Bellator actually seems committed because you know why? I see 145-pound fights. I see 125-pound yeah. fights. I really, I, I really, a lot of things UFC has been doing lately has just left me scratching my head. 
Do I really don't understand. Do you think that has anything to do with the new owners at all? Not necessarily. The new owners are part of it. I think the change in personnel more than anything. The new owners aren't running the daily so a UFC. Byproduct of the new owners. Yes, the Fertitas aren't there anymore. Well, Fertita, Lorenzo yeah. in particular. Joe Silva's not there. All their guys that had all these departments, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think this is just Dana White's trying to do two jobs. We've seen Dana White just look sick. He just doesn't look right. Like, I think he's way overworked. Is he getting aged quicker than the president? He looks, like, he looks like he's aging quick because Lorenzo's gone. He said he's trying to do his job that he used to do before and Lorenzo's job. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a product. That's why I think I feel like a lot of the promotion isn't there. They're not ke- catching up with Shab the was Shab was saying that this new ownership is not promoting well at all. No. They're not doing a good job. They're not promoting their fighters. He was saying that's one thing he wants to do on his show, like, you know, help promote all the, all these fighters because the UFC ain't doing a good job of it. Mm-hmm. The WME, I guess not either. Is it just because they're too distant emotionally? Like, what, what? I think they just got too much going on. They don't have enough hands in there right now. Yeah. They did all these cutbacks, and, you know, they're trying to save pennies for peanuts, and it's just not... I think the product's starting to suffer for it. Yeah. A lot of fighters are leaving more than I've ever seen before. Well, it gives us a chance for parity in this sport, and parity breeds quality. Mm-hmm. So that would be nice, in a, in a way. So, yeah, with LA, but with promotions like LFA, of course, on the co-main event, former University of Alabama linebacker, this guy was probably one of the best football players to cross over to MMA, Eric Anders, Maul John Kirk. That guy is probably going to get a signed contract somewhere because he looks like a beast. And I was really impressed with the heavyweight officer Richard Odoms, former UFC fighter, knocked out Will Hoffman. Officer. And of course, officer. Like he's a police officer. Yes, he is a legit it's police not officer. Like a nickname? Yes. Is, no. it, is his nickname now though too? I don't know. I call him Officer <laughs> Richard Odoms because it just sounds right. He is a legit police officer. That's Big how they scary write dude. about him. Like Big on guy. Blogs and the articles and stuff. Do they actually say officer? Yeah. It's like proper title has got to be there Esquire but to answer the Insomniacs question the other card that I felt had a pretty big feel to it this weekend was the ACB who? ACB the one I brought up last week are you even awake during these podcasts Insomniac this promotion's getting a lot of buzz they're signing a lot of people a lot of people Albert Tumanov being one of the most recent ones but Mehmed Kaladov in the main event who's now on like a 13-fight win streak or something ridiculous, destroyed Luke Barnott in just a minute. Brennan Lufnane was the guy who really stuck out to me as he impressed the most as he defeated Mike Wilkinson by strikes and knees in the first round. It only took him about two minutes to dispose of him. I was really impressed with that guy. I never heard him before until that event. And then, of course, Robert Whiteford, if you don't remember him, he retired Nam Fan this weekend. This promotion's really starting to catch a lot of steam. They're signing a lot of veterans. They're the guys who just signed Zach Makovsky. They signed Takei Mizugaki. Did you say what does ACB stand for? I oh, can't who remember. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? something. I know Burkut is the last part of it. Meh. I had it down, but I, I completely Meh. just forgot it right now. But on to the meat and potatoes, I guess. UFC did have an event Absolute. this weekend, and it did deliver. Absolute Ooh, championship Burkut. Burkut? Burkut. What, is that? what does that mean? They're from Russia, I want to say. Yeah. It's a Russian organization. It's really starting to catch. I mean, I keep saying these international, the MMA is so worldwide, there's new promotions coming out all over the place. And that's one of them that's really starting to catch my attention. So on to UFC Fortaleza. I did not get how much 
they made at the gate. I don't know how much money was made, but I know the attendance was 14,064. It was a rocking crowd. It was a big, I mean, 14,000 people paid, so yeah, it was a pretty big crowd. And then the ratings did okay. They did almost a million, but they came in at like a point ninety four in the ratings. That's you know, nine hundred and forty six thousand for a Brazil viewers. card. That's not bad on a Saturday night. Yeah, they, do, they typically do better on Sunday nights too. So on a Saturday night, that's not bad. So on a Saturday <coughs> night to watch Kelvin Gaslam absolutely maul and destroy Vitor Belfort. What's your thoughts on the main event? Um, Vitor needs to retire. Um, I think he's a shot fighter. He just looks different. It's it's a couple fights after TRT, and he just does not look the same. His his body doesn't look the same. He he was hanging tough though. Like he was he was he showed some glimpses of looking okay, but Kelvin Gaslam just kept getting him repeatedly, hit him with that phantom punch, and because he knocked him down really good once, where I thought the fight was over. I thought the referee was going to stop it, but Vitor was fighting through it. But it's just not. The, it, yeah, Vitor doesn't stand a chance. I mean, that was a blown up one seventy that just knocked him out. I don't think he was a blown up 170 pounder. I actually think Kelvin Gaslam's at his right weight class at 185 pounds. But with that being said, Kelvin Gaslam reminds me of a Mini Kane Velasquez. His nickname is Mini Kane, right? That is him. I think so. Yeah, he reminds me so much of Kane Velasquez. Just so good everywhere. He does. He does. His his the way he fights reminds me of BJ Penn because BJ Penn could fluctuate weight classes. But yeah, I can see the Kane Velasquez comparison. Fighting because style, he looks like Kane. Fighting style, yes, because like he just comes in and he just keeps going, he just keeps coming forward, and he just you know he I don't I don't know if he has the greatest of a gas tank I don't know, but he just he's got a, a he good. He tries to nullify the need for the gas tank. Yeah, because he just keeps going forward and he's he's something special, man. I remember when he was on the Ultimate Fighter Juggernaut. and and Son and called it. He was like, I've never seen somebody go from low to that high so fast he was like this kid's just got it this kid can just fight like he said he never saw somebody just like you know learn things so fast and you see it in his fighting he's got some wins over some big names if it wasn't for the fact he had so many weight issues at 170 that dude should have been fighting for a title by now could have been champ yeah because he's got the skill set he's he he's really spectacular he's probably the best guy from the ultimate fighter in the, the past few years if you really think about it like, just some young upstart well, where they signed, didn't have much fights. And I'm just... very, very impressed with him, but his last two performances, and I think he is better at middleweight right now. I don't think he should ever even think about going to 170 if he's having that much weight problems. I don't care about a nutritionist well, or not. Well, let's get back to the basis of why he has weight problems. First time he missed weight was because he said he had Mike Dolce. He said, oh, I'm not paying that much money for him anymore. So It I doesn't just... matter. He's still cutting that much. I just watched something... I think your BBC. nutrition matters. No, I just watched something on BBC with this weight cutting thing where this guy almost killed himself trying to make weight for a little fight in a promotion. I just really, really am steering away from these people that are making that drastic of weight cuts. If you need that a tr nutritionist like that to make the weight where you have to watch every little ounce you put in your body and you're barely getting to that weight on fight night, you might be getting there, but you're barely doing it, I think you might need to reconsider and maybe go up another division. I mean, I agree it. with you, and I've been shouting that from the rooftops for, for a minute because I always want people to be naturally what they mm -hmm. are. I mean, as a you know health advocate and everything, you know, not literally like a health professional, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Um, but the you know these these high level competitions, it always is a game of inches and millimeters and centimeters. So I do get why they're trying to what you know why they you know why they want to be the the biggest guy in their division and all that stuff. But, yeah, I wish more guys could just be Somebody is going to die. Yeah. Mark my word. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, somebody is going to mm -hmm. die. 
There's no other way to go around it. Uh, but I, I just can't say I'm that impressed because Belfour, if you look at Vitor Belfour in 2012 to a picture to what he is now, and that's only five years, it's insane the difference. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like I said, insane. it was, was post TRT. Part of that he TRT needs... era. I mean, Vitor but he Belfort did say his next fight's his it. last fight, right? He said that. That doesn't mean it's going to be. Yeah, I hope it's it his is. last fight with UFC. And the UFC, I, I don't even think they should let him fight that. I think they will. I mean, they can give it to him because they can UFC put him on a Brazil famer. card somewhere. It means Vitor Belfort. I'm He's just, a Hall of Famer. If you want my honest opinion, I'm just not interested. He does not look the same. At 39 years old, you said he showed glimpses of greatness. All he did was swing at air. He didn't touch Kelvin with nothing. I know, I'm I just, just saying. I'm just saying. Like good. I would give him one more, a good send off. He's, he's a UFC Hall of Famer. He has been. Like, if he's got one more fight in the contract, let him fight it. He has been. He didn't look. He didn't look totally terrible in that fight. He didn't look like. You yes, know, he, he did. He got finished in the. They first. could find somebody terrible. from the fight that would be somewhat interesting to have him with a good send off. I do believe that it's Vitor Belfort. It's the phenom. Let's let let's let him go out. Right. I mean, I, I agree with the whole going away party and stuff like that. But as far as me being interested in watching him fight, I just have zero interest. I just do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the UFC will probably do it. They'll probably give him a fight in Brazil in two twelve. It you makes wouldn't. sense. Would I? Business sense, maybe. I'd probably add him to that two twelve card, but I wouldn't put him on the main card. He'd be on the FS1 main event or something just to say goodbye. Yeah. I would try to give him a decent opponent, but as we've learned, you try to feed these guys subpar talent in the UFC. There's just no such for thing. For some reason, I'd like to see him fight like yeah. a Sam Alvey or somebody right now, or a Nate Marquardt. I think that would be interesting for his last fight. I think those guys beat him. They, I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying it'd be interesting for his last fight. I just think Tito or T- I mean, not Tito. I think Vitor Belfort is just done, and I think he's saying he wants to go to 205, too. He doesn't want to cut the 185 for the next fight. So, a lot of people were calling for Vitor versus Anderson yeah, I don't Silva. Know, I don't know what I'd do there. I don't like that fight. If he went to 185, one more fight, you know who I'd give him? Rashad Evans. There's Rashad Evans there. Because that'd be, that'd be interest. Or They'd Hector like, Lombard, another guy that just looks bad since DRT. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let them guys fight each other. They both look terrible in their last couple fights. Uh, there's, you know, I wouldn't give him Dan Kelly. Belfort won't even make it out of Brazil if they give him Dan Kelly. He won't even walk out. Dan mm. Kelly will spank him. I think Rashad would, too. Now, Rashad hasn't looked very good, so yeah, I agree. But that, that is an interesting fight. I was never interested in Anderson Silva, as everybody called out. No. Which, moving on to Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum after his fight when he beat Vitor Belfort. I don't know if the UFC put him up to this or not, but he calls out Anderson Silva. Two days later, the UFC announces at UFC 212 it will be Anderson Silva versus Kelvin Gastelum. The 41-year-old versus the 24-year-old. Is that the Dallas card? No, no, Brazil. That's Brazil. Oh, duh. Jose course, Aldo, Max Holloway. They I haven't think, said yet if it's the co-main event or not. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the Spiders is some trouble in that fight. Well, the only thing about mm. that is it's it's, it's <laughs> definitely a size difference. I'd probably yeah. go with, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you. He had, he had a hard time with Derek Bronson. I didn't think he won that fight. He could he could get gas. I just think Gaslam's tough, man. I've never seen Gaslam. I mean, just we hurt. were just kind of talking about like younger, stronger, hungrier guys <coughs> are trying to put him up in these fights. I mean, that's not like a cupcake fight they're trying to give Anderson Silva, but Mm-mm. still like younger, stronger. For someone hungrier. that makes Anderson Silva money, it's definitely a big step down. But you know, I I think Silva's in trouble. I think Gaslam's going to be. Just too young. And there aren't too, too many young. other names to put Silva up against with GSP. There is, taken. but I think the UFC really wants um, to promote Kelvin Gastelum. He, um, they, they love should. Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, he's a he's a good fighter. He's usually a very exciting fighter to watch. Mm-hmm. And Mexico, mm-hmm. Mexico, break in. That's the he's, only thing I can think he's of. He's a guy that's good for them there. When they booked this fight, they kind of had me scratching my head. Like, really? I didn't have a problem with it. No, I didn't have a problem with it. I actually like it. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll give Anderson Silva one thing. 
the balls. You know, all these other guys. I mean, this guy, Anderson Silva's a guy that can pick and choose his fights, right? Mm -hmm. That's a guy who right now could be a shot caller. Uh, no, his draw ain't where it was. No, He's still one of the top best ever in the game. He's still been UFC's, like, best fighter ever. He can I still know, play shot caller. You got to remember, he co-main invented uh, Brooklyn. But he's not he taking that on. He's not calling all. out easy matchups like Vitor Belfort. He's not calling up other age veterans. He's taking on the, the, the heart of the division. He's taking on these young up-and-comers and not even batting an eye. I mean, just the balls. This is why you love Anderson Silva. This is part of it because he, he's a true martial artist. Well, the he's fact a, that he stepped in on a day's notice to save uh, try to help yes. UFC 200. Yeah. And there's another reason why he could play <sighs> shot caller. He brought us all to the couches excitedly. We weren't excited watching him. but he, No, but he, still, he, it, was, he, it was pretty. He, left, he, he filled some of the whole he, he, he still kept of the anticipation. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But I mean, hence, I feel yeah. like he lost that Derek Brunson, too, that fight yeah. also. And I, I feel like it should be Kelvin Gaslam versus Derek Brunson next. But mm. It know. is what it is. I don't it mind is. Gaslam versus Silva. It doesn't bother mm. me. Mm. No. I'm happy because it'll build up Gastelum yeah, a bit. At that's least what maybe I think. bring him close. Maybe he can be one of those names that makes it to and the he, And he's an exciting fighter, so it's going to be an exciting fight. I don't know fight. where he's going to go with it because, I mean, that, that middleweight division is just put on hold right now. And that is going to be a big win for mm-hmm. Kelvin Gastelum. But that whole middleweight division is put on hold. It is, but uh, at the same time. I'm excited for GSP versus Bisping. Yeah. And I, I feel really kind of bad for Yo Romero. Maybe I have a we'll bad get there taste because Yo Romero came out and said that, you know, he has to wait for this Michael Bisping versus GSP thing as he's already been waiting. He's been waiting since January, if everybody doesn't remember. He got the title shot in November when he beat Chris Wyman. And then he was supposed to get it in November, but Michael Bisping couldn't fight. So he's been waiting this whole time for Michael Bisping to come back, and he was told he was going to get the title shot. And then a month before Michael Bisping's supposed to officially return, he's now booked in a middleweight fight with GSP. You know, Royal Romero was supposed to get the shot before that with Dan Henderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, with uh, Michael Bisping, but mm-hmm. Dan Henderson got it. Mm-hmm. So they put that on hold for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to remember, these guys have been waiting. Yeah. And he's going to have to keep waiting. And Royal Romero said, you know what, there is one fight I'll take, and that's Anderson Silva. You know, if you're going to not give me my title shot, I'll stay busy because we don't know when this fight is happening. I'll fight Anderson Silva in the meantime. And then a day later, they announced Kelvin Gaston's fighting Anderson Silva. So I don't know what the UFC is trying to do to Yobo Romero exactly, <laughs> but I really feel like they're trying to stick it to this guy. They really don't like this cat. I'm telling you, there's I don't think there. so. Dana White said in a recent interview, he's going he's gonna to man up and just talk to him himself. Well, he's well, this year's Khabib. He's just not getting his shot. Like, he just... <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. I feel bad for him. Like, and I actually thought the Anderson Silva, Yo Romero fight made a lot of sense while waiting. You know yeah. why? Because if GSP wins and save for by the chance Yo Romero, I mean uh, Anderson Silva wins, mm-hmm. he beat Yo Romero. That's legit. Mm-hmm. That is a legit fight. The one everybody's been waiting for. Got some serious brackets leading up yes. to that contest. And then of course right. if Michael Bisping wins and say Anderson Silva somehow got over Yo Romero, that's a big legit rematch. Also, people really want to see that. And then, of course, Yo Romero wins. He still does the same thing. But I don't think GSP is going to fight Yo Romero. So it's just weird. It's all weird and just has me scratching my head. I don't know what to make of it. I really just don't. I'm just confused. And you know what? I'm going to leave it on that. The only thing I will say last about that fight is Vitor Belfort keeps on saying he wants to start this Legends League that should be created. 
And you oh, know yeah. what? Vitor Belfort, fight out your last fight, buddy, because there's already two of them. It's called Ryzen and it's called Bellator. Well, Take your pick. In the Legends League, they can't punch each other in the face or something, right? There's new rules. There's he no said there's striking, a couple different no rules, striking. but there's striking. There is striking. Yeah. If not, he would just go to Metamorris or one of these grappling they competitions. Get to, they get dumb. this big American gladiator Q-tips to protect mm. themselves. Anyway, I mean, move. for some reason, I see Vitor Belfort going to Bellator and fighting Shao Sonnen. Call me crazy, but I see it happening. Anyway, let's talk about no Moving legend. on Shogun to the versus uh, well, Gian Vellante in the co-main event. Um, I thought that was... I thought it was a good fight. It was a good fight, yeah. Um, Shogun looked good. I'm ne- I was never a believer in... Gian Vellante though, but I did, I did think Shogun guy. looked pretty good. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was a, it was an exciting fight, but you knew that going into it. Gian Vellante is a guy that stands and punches. Well, he comes, he brings yeah. it. Yeah, you knew going into it. Gian Vellante is just never going to get over that hump. It's just not going to happen for that guy. He was very actually heavily hyped coming into mixed martial arts. He actually used to fight on Strike Force on the Strike Force mm-hmm. Challengers. He got beat once or twice there. Like he was a hot prospect, mm-hmm. but he just. I just don't think he's ever going to turn out to be. Well, I thought he hit Shogun with a couple good shots. And a lot of people, they said Shogun looked old. Yeah, Shogun looks a little older in the face as Father Time catches up with all of us and stuff like that. But a lot of people were talking about Shogun's body. I think Shogun's body frame and everything looks the same since he was 22 years old. Shogun has never been a big guy. He's always had the same No, build. he's never rocked the six-pack abs. Or he's, not, he's not no Tyron Woodley. When he's Tyron always, Woodley goes yeah. to Octagon, he looks like a freaking machine. Anthony but, Johnson or any yeah. of those other guys. Yes, but no, Shogun has always been a guy. He, I mean, that is a fighter's fighter. Yeah, it was funny because I was watching those fights between the co-main event and main event, and I'm watching my girlfriend. She's like, these guys are such good shape to be fighters. Why they? Why don't none of them have, like, six-pack abs or nothing? I'm like, you're watching Dad Bod tonight, babe. Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, Shogun never had the big physique. I mean, no, he neither always did, those neither did Volante. He's always been a skinny guy, but Shogun is one of the best fighters to ever do it. Seriously, he really is. He's one of the best MMA fighters I have ever seen. Since the beginning, since he was 22 years old. He has one of the best resumes ever, with all the injuries. I mean, he came out, now he really impressed me with Vellante. The thing I loved is he rocked Vellante not once, twice, but three times in that fight. It was just the third time he kept his composure and finally finished him in the third round. Because each time he knocked him, he didn't go rushing in or do anything stupid and get caught. Like he did in other fights, like with OSP. He really kept his patience. He really showed that veteran in him, and, and I was really, really impressed. And what I'm really impressed about is Shogun just came out and said he's ready for anybody. doesn't matter who the UFC wants to fight him. Whoever they book him against, that's who he's going to fight. And that's what I love about that guy. I love guys that are willing to take any fight. Not trying to play shot caller and pick their opponent. That's why I love Anderson Silva. And I will keep saying this shot caller stuff because I'll get to it later. The it's one of the things I'm Silva's so sick down. of in the this fact game. Silva was down on a moment so notice to fight DC. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's down. He'll fight whoever. Yeah. Gastelum. I think. Yeah. I mean, they're, they they they're get it. They also. The money, I mean, like Shogun versus Jean Vellante. That looked like a tune-up fight, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, he gave Jean Vellante that chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of these guys and the stupid rankings that get up there and they won't give the other guys well, a chance. Well, they want a big name. They want to fight somebody who's going to give them big pay-per-view points. That's what they all want. That's what yeah. it's about now. So it just it just makes me mad. Good for Shogun. Big win. I would have loved to have seen him fight Misha Serkinov next, but Misha's already booked up. Uh, I don't know who they're going to give Shogun. I mean, there's Corey Anderson and Jimmy Manuel. If Jimmy Manuel wins, Shogun versus Jimmy Manuel would be a fantastic fight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, before that happened, the one me and Insomniac were calling the people's main event last week. Mm-hmm. 
Edson Barbosa versus Benel Dariush. Now, that was a good fight. Yes. Benel Dariush actually looked like he was winning, kind of controlling it a little more. I felt like the co-main event, event, it had like a a star of the past that you knew wasn't Mm -hmm. ever actually going to... You know, too nostalgic. Content, yeah. It was too much nostalgia against. Like, I mean, Shogun some... impressed me a lot more, but yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Um, but, but Edson Barbosa, that was the, that, that could have easily been the Edson Barbosa's a main eventer. He should be. Yes, he should. Where be. he's at right now, the win streak he's on, and, and I felt like that was the main in event. the lightweight division. And Benel Dariush, he's a tough dude. He's fought a lot of good guys at lightweight. He does not have a losing record in the UFC. Like that's a really good guy. And that fight was awesome, and it ended even better. Edson Barbosa's flying knee, that might be knockout of the year. Let me tell you something. It's been a while since I, like, I'm sitting there, drinking a beer, and next thing I know, five minutes later, I stopped yelling expletives. Because I was like, oh my god, that just happened. Came out of nowhere. So exciting, Sean went into a fugue state. Didn't know what he was doing. I didn't. I didn't know. I was just sitting there, just chilling, like, yeah, some late kicks, just like, just lay, laying back, watching TV, like talking to like the person next to me. And the next thing I know, that happened. I was like, oh my god! Rewinded it real quick, and like, you know, I had to see it. I was like, dude, like it came out of nowhere. He went for uh, Benel Dariush went for like an overhook or something, and then when he went down, it's like he was going to turn into a takedown or something. He was just going down and then just flying knee out of nowhere, wow. and he was out flush. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, and he I was almost number one, one contender before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Came from nowhere. Actually, he got hit with a jab and then brought the knee up and got him. Barbosa is a good name on a. Uh, I mean, Barbosa was. He's he's entering that title shot frame and he should be next in line. Yeah. He's there. Really? He should be next in line. And, you, and it just uh, made Tony Ferguson. You look up uh, like Barbosa's last couple fights, his, the win streak he's on. I mean, but his yeah, last he, loss, I can tell you who it was. Who? It was Tony Ferguson finished him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but that was a while ago. Oh, it was a great fight. I'm down yeah. for that rematch. Sign I remember. Up, I remember please. how close he was. Like I, am still in shock. He lost to Cerrone. Yeah, because he was getting Cerrone, and then Cerrone just also came out with a jab well, out of nowhere like, and got him. How long I mean, ago, that like a year ago? Well, that was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Yeah, he's won his last three. Yeah. Um, you know how that lightweight division goes. Last time he lost was to. Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I know. But who, I know. who's the three people he's beaten in his last three fights? Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, and Benel Dariush. Yeah, that sounds like a title shot to me. I'm just saying. You asked two, me. Two former world champs. I mean, Melendez is never world champion in UFC, but two former world but, champs. And Benel Dariush was not an easy out. It's sad because that that well, that lightweight division is in shambles right now. Connor, I know, he'll probably get like Michael Connor Johnson ruined his second division, left it in shambles. This is the second division <laughs> I can honestly say Connor ruined. And Khabib just put the cherry on top and really screwed it up. So I don't know what's going to go on there, but Barbosa yeah. deserves a big time fight in his next outing. Period. He shouldn't be the third fight towards the main event. He should be the main event. Period. So moving on to the women, Marion Renau and Betch Correa fought to a draw. The most exciting thing that happened in that fight was Correa gets Betch Correa gets the award for worst dance ever. As when they announced it was a draw, she did some weird booty shake that just left me clueless as, what are you even celebrating? Yeah, that wasn't a very good fight. <laughs> in flyweight action, Ray Borg beat Houssier de Silva by a close decision, which was a pretty entertaining fight. But at 23 years old, Ray Borg just beat the number three ranked flyweight in the world. It seems like the thing in that flyweight division, with the exception of Demetrius Johnson, I truly believe the younger you are, the better you, you can be. As we see, uh, what's that kid's name? That Brandon Moreno, that's been yeah. on a tear. Young kid, I think he's what's only he twenty three years again? old. Also, he's signed the fight. I think 
I want to say the April card in Fox. Okay. But he's he's coming up soon. He's he's yeah. scheduled to fight. He's got a good fight. He's fighting. <clears throat> he's the one that beat Zach Makovsky. I can't remember his name right. It's not Tim Elliott. It's it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's it's a good fight. But Ray Borg, I feel like twenty three years old in that flyweight division with them being so small and so fast. I don't think you're gonna see elder. Mm-mm. Men in the flyweight division. It's just mm-hmm. too small a division. Too small. No, it's it's based on speed. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And then of course, I was really impressed with Alex Cowboy Oliveira as he took the rematch against Tim Means. He really reversed that one, huh? In the first one, when Tim Means beat him, I, I came into this fight I was like, "There's no way Alex Oliveira will beat Tim Means." Mm-hmm. But he came out in the beginning it was just so serious. You could tell this guy took that last one like he felt like it was a loss even though it was a legal strike that ended it and he trained for this like it was like like Tim Means was the champion hmm. and he came and he turned this around and finished him in the second round and he got the award you know he was the runner up for worst dance uh, he was right behind Betch Correa because he did some weird dance when he finally cut loose before the second round when he realized it was going in his favor and it was just kind of ridiculous and then of course I called it last week my fighter to watch Kevin Lee came out and put on a very impressive performance against Francisco Trinado. That was not an easy feat. First of all, he lost the first round, came back in the second, and finished him. And this young kid at 24 years of age, I think big things are for him in the future. He's going to get to the top of that division. And good for him. But, yeah, and Somniac, what did you think of Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom? Thought he looked good. He's young. Just keep on. And Francisco Trinado is a guy that I would have told you is like, he's like a journeyman to me. He's like what um what's his name? Cause they fought before. Oh, I forget his name though. But it was that real, Gleason Tabal. He reminds me of Gleason Tabal, and uh, he reminds me of him. And he's except a little bit more exciting of a fighter. Yeah, better. I was gonna say. Yeah. But, Gleason Tabal um, was was a very good. But he reminds me of him because like you, that's just no easy out. In the yeah, UFC. Kevin Lee goes and, for the finish. Yeah, but I thought that was a good fight. Um, Kevin Lee impressed me. He's still got a ways to go. It's lightweight. Swears he's the best Shark wrestler in the division. And then came out afterwards and called out Khabib. Yeah, that, I thought that was weird. I didn't think it was weird. I don't know. You don't go from number 15 or 14 or whatever to number one. Uh, you should be. That's who you should be eyeing I, up. I get that, but I think, I think a more, to me, I'd rather see him against a Jim Miller or a Joe Lalzon next. Eh, well, work your way up. Yeah, it works it's, for It's lightweight. Bob, it's lightweight, you know? There's no easy outs at lightweight, but let, let's let's. I don't even think Arnold Bob's ranked, and he got Cub Swanson, who's ranked in, like, the top five. It's kind of well, silly. I don't even want to talk about that, so, but, you know. All right, well, other than that, I mean, the weirdest thing that happened in the night was, of course, Michael Prezeris came out and looked phenomenal against Josh Berkman. I mean, this hulk of a... Man, yeah. just to completely obliterate him. And then Josh Berkman put his gloves down in the octagon, walked out, said he retired, and then had one of his teammates, as soon as he got back in the locker room, come up and pick up the gloves and say he's not retired. Mm-hmm. So very strange. But Well, he was emotional after the loss. Yeah. I'm not going to get on for he, that. I mean, that wasn't an easy loss. He got loss beat quick. He's he probably got, getting cut. Yeah. Like, you know, he's you know he was just emotional. He got, he got, you know, he got it handed to him pretty easily and pretty quickly. But that wraps up these fights for this weekend. Pretty good fights. I liked everything I saw. Very entertaining. The Fortaleza card was another card that was just very entertaining from top to bottom. Gave it an A in the grade. We'll see what happens next weekend as they go to London. But on to the news. Okay. Soniac, where do you want to start? What sticks out in your mind the most when you come to news and gossip this week for MMA? I mean, duh. 
is the fact that Dana White believes Mayweather, uh, Mayweather and uh, McGregor is going to happen. Well, he said it's going to happen. Yeah. They booked a... That was a rumor, a, but yeah. At, what is it, like T-Mobile? Well, there's Arena no official source for that yet. Okay. Uh, Chael Sonnen actually had a great point. They said, the reporter said that they booked it, but, he, but Chael Sonnen asked, but who booked it? Yeah. Like, was it UFC? Was it Mayweather Promotions? Was it McGregor? Like, who booked it? Yeah. I haven't heard of anybody booking it. Mm. This is all hearsay. This is something. I mean, one thing I will say is usually when, when Mayweather says he's going to fight somebody and he announces a fight, it happens quick. Yeah, he announced that he's out of retirement. Yeah, he said he's out of retirement to fight Conor McGregor. Wow. Um, Conor McGregor's walking down the phenom from... Ireland, uh, Michael Conlon, I think he was like a former Olympic boxer or something like that. He's making his boxing debut, <clears throat> and he's like a big character in Ireland right now. Yeah. And he's walking him out to his first boxing match. I mean, it's a big deal. Connor's throwing a big after party, everything. Wow. They're believing he's supposed to have a big press conference tomorrow. Hmm. Where some, Michael Conlon said, like, I read it a week ago, he was stating that Mayweather said he's already, I think the Mayweather-McGregor fight is already signed. I think it's already done. That sounds like it. With Dana White's drastic change of view, him going from it's never going to happen. Remember, he said he was going to be the backup. He has a better chance of playing for the New England Patriots as the quarterback in the Super Bowl. Right? Isn't that what he said? Then Mayweather-McGregor happening. Then he says it might happen, but there's a lot of hurdles. There's too many egos evolved. To now, it's going to happen. Mm. And then the thing I find very interesting about this is everybody, it seems like Dana White and Joe Rogan were starting to promote the fight this week. Mm. Dana White almost put his promoter hat on and said, yeah, you know, Mayweather's like this big. Like he's, he's, he's only like five foot tall. McGregor's a big guy. He's powerful. He has a very good shot at knocking him out. Sounds like a promoter to me, promoting mm-hmm. a fight. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan said the same exact thing. Wow. And then, of course, you know, it's starting to generate a lot of buzz, as Max Kellerman was talking about it from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Of course, Max Kellerman, I, I really respect his views and opinions on boxing. That guy's a boxing goober. He really knows what he's talking he about. He usually announces the events. Yeah, he's he a big said, boxing guy. There is no way at all Conor McGregor will make it out of 10 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. And I believe him. Except I'm going to bump it up. I think Max Kellerman was trying to look like a genius, and he gave a lot of respect to Connor and gave him 10. I give him five. Because I, I just don't see. Ugh. He'll either get lucky and finish him. I hate this. <laughs> I really, really, yeah, I'd rather genuinely. See, I'd rather see him hate this. Uh, Diaz for the third time. I hate everything about it. They're not even promoting and a if fight. If that like, fight ever happens, it won't ever be like it could have been. Well, here's the thing this is the thing I find the silliest and most cynical of everything. They're not promoting this like this is going to be a true fight. They're not promoting like this like this is going to be the best versus the best. Ringling Brothers coming to town. All this is they got is a money grab for everybody. Juggling flaming bowling pins. And that's the number one. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not even that. I don't even think it's that entertaining. They're not no. even promoting it like that. The only thing they're promoting is Connor's going to make a hundred million. Mayweather's going to make a hundred million. Everybody's going to make a lot of money, and that's it. There's nothing else being promoted about it, yeah. really. It's not like it's a serious competitive fight. It's not like they're going, wow, this fight's going to blaze the trail. Like, this is going to be the best fight ever. Like, I can't wait to see this. No, all everybody cares about, every single party involved, is the money. That's it, which I get, you know, money drives everything. But from a pure and sport standpoint, it makes me sick, and I hate everything to do about it. What's Rocky Marciano saying? 
So Floyd Mayweather's going to beat his record? Who? Rocky Marciano is probably going to, he's the one, he's he's tied with Floyd for 49. 49 and 0. Is he, so uh, Floyd Mayweather, who at one point did fight every great boxer there ever was in his era. He really did. He went through everybody. But he's going to be all at the right time. Right yeah. time, his turn, well, whatever, regardless, he still beat him. Well, what all. do you mean on his terms? I mean, did did he gerrymander the results so that he was able to fight this no, guy? No, I never deny Mayweather's greatness okay. in the boxing ring, but I do not like the way that, like, how the timing of some of the fights that happen, you know. Well, what do you mean? Well, Pacquiao's the biggest one that stands out to me. Right, too late. Was he the only one that was too late? Well, what about Miguel Cotto? Did he put other guys what about off? Oscar De La Hoya? Did he put other guys off so that they were maybe out of their prime? Towards maybe. the end, yeah. I mean, yet he was young, but he still beat uh, Canelo. I mean, I was going to say Rocky Marciano would have been rolling over in his grave a long time ago just at the nature of the sport way before Floyd Mayweather ever Well, do you really consider to... this beating his record against Conor McGregor? A non-boxer? I mean, think about the great, you know, skills here. Floyd Mayweather, 49-0, undefeated his boxing of the career. the clickbait nature of our times, man. Yeah, going That's to set the is. record against Conor McGregor, 0-0. Zero zero. This is like CM Punk when he went to UFC. It's exactly what it reminds me of. Well, it's a joke. A it is a joke. And this is what people want to see. It's just sad. I don't like it. I just don't. I think it should have an asterisk. He, is, he isn't going to beat Rocky Marciano's record with this. I'd rather see... I'd give him more credit for beating Roy Jones Jr. at 50 than beating Conor McGregor in his prime in a boxing match. This is two different sports. This is I think he's... I guess he's going to make his money, so it doesn't matter, but... The only way I would There's look at this better... There's always a chance, man. You never know. Like you were just saying, Conor's bigger, and even before knowing that, Conor's a freakish force of he's nature. He's bigger, but in my history of watching any fight or anything promoted, that when the one guy always just has that swinger's chance... You know, I watched it with Dan Henderson in his last, like, eight fights. Yeah. You know, he did win, like, one and almost caught Bisping in his very last one. But it was always like, yeah, but he's got that H-bomb. You know how many times he hit the H-bomb in those fights? Like, I once. Guess, yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen. I mean, Floyd then, Mayweather could slip on a banana peel or have a tiny seizure. Like, anything possible. In the, but it in didn't the, happen before. Brain. I just don't see no. it happening to a guy that's never boxed. And the other thing is, it's not like Floyd Mayweather's a guy that's going to come out there swinging. This guy is the most defensive boxer ever. Connor he is known that. for never getting Connor knows hit. that. It's He'll just prepare. I mean, silly. Connor is a dedicated freak. Like, he's a unique individual. Anything Connor will do his best possible. to make this fight entertaining. Anything is possible. But I see him wearing down quick. The Probably. first couple rounds will be entertaining because Connor will come out guns a blazing, but then he's going to realize he can't hit him. He's going to get tired and frustrated, and this fight's going to turn really boring. And just really dumb. And you know what everybody's going to pay for? $100, which I refuse. I will go on record right now and say, unless they build a massive undercard with it, I will not We're pay $100 find for that somewhere for you to watch it. I won't watch it. I, I really think, look, whenever there's a fight like this that's meant for, for short-term it. success, so many people but it messes up the long-term future, it never ends it. well. No, it never, ever ends yeah. well. It's just, like, it's just like in the NFL. Mortgaging the future. You're on a playoff run, you're about to go in the playoffs, and you lose your star running back. Mm-hmm. So you go out, and you know there's a running back available Let's trade that you can picks. get, We're but you got to give up so much for it for Trent right Richardson, now. Because it looks good in a tweet. But it messes up your whole future. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you, know, you don't see these teams doing that because you can't mess up your whole future. And this is the fight game. It's different. I just think it's, it's going to end disastrous. I just don't like any – my gut tells me this is just terrible. I don't like it. But they've got to grow this quarter. What else are they going to do, bro? Mm. I don't know. 
They got GSP, remember? He's messing up a division. <laughs> Which I'll go right in that. You know what? I'm going to just go to keep venting. I'm just going to keep getting mad. That's what I, I think that's what I felt like this week, all Let's week. It's just here. everything I hear, I'm just getting mad. And I'm still going back to this GSP Bisping thing. As I'm starting to hear the middleweights come out and speak, and it started with Yo Romero when he said he'll fight Anderson Silva. And I'm like, all right, you know what? That's fair. Why don't you give the guy what he wants? This dude's getting crapped on for the second time in a row. He's got to wait. He's the rightful number one contender. There's a good fight between him and Bisping there. I mean, they've been talking lots of trash, like genuine trash. Like there was a fight there, but now he's got to wait. Uh, you know, asking for Anderson Silva, I thought it was a very reasonable thing. I thought he could call that shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to wait anyway. He already beat everybody else except Luke Rockhold. Why risk it? Like, he's 39 years old. He doesn't have time to waste. And then they signed Anderson against Gatlin. I'm just like, why? They must hate this guy. You know. I'm going to wait till the, the whole story plays out. Well, he wasn't ready to fight at that date. And then, maybe maybe which you might be right. Would, which you might be right. Maybe Anderson Silva really wanted to fight still the, and, But uh, he did come out and say he wanted to fight Anderson Silva just on Monday. So I don't know. <clears throat> so I, then I come out, and then Wyvin first started. He said that the whole division is just held up right now. He said, because of this fight, first it was Dan Henderson, now it's this. The whole division is just being held up. And there's so many people at middleweight that can fight for the title right now. That's the problem I have with this. And then, of course, Jacques Array came out today and really put it all on blast. I couldn't disagree with one word he said. He said the whole – he's mad. Just in short terms, he's mad. Because first he had to wait and watch – since Michael Bisping became champ, he had to wait and watch – Dan Henderson get a title shot that was completely unwanted. And then he had to come out, and now he's watching GSP. His quotes, quote-unquote, Gabby, you can look it up, because I wrote some of it down, but I couldn't write all of it down on my phone's dead. But he said that in that fight, GSP versus Michael Bisman, he hopes they both knock each other out. <laughs> Who cares? I hope they kill each other. F them. Hmm. I don't like any of them. Uh, he said the same thing when Henderson got the shot. It was unwarranted. He said he will not watch this crap. And then he went on about GSP and said, you know, before GSP said he would never, ever go to 185, which a lot of people were saying because he said he's too small. Mm -hmm. He said he's more likely to make 155. This was GSP's tune all the way Mm -hmm. before. And now all of a sudden he just cuts in line to the front Mm -hmm. and goes for the 185-pound title because Michael Bisping's the champ. He said, why didn't he try to fight me? Why didn't you come see if you could take me to see if you could get to the champion? You know, you just cut over me like that's okay. He said, F you. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to stand for this. He said, you know, your division's 170. Why don't you go back? What are you even doing at 185? Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, he said the same thing for Yoel Murray. He's like, why didn't you fight Yoel? <coughs> He's the other number well, one contender. GSP gets, he, he has the luxury in the name where he he's can just draw. walk in and he's a draw. fight the champ. And, yeah, he's the draw. He's a draw. And he wants those pay-per-view points, too, I'm sure. Like, he, I mean. He's here he's, to make money. He's yeah. the draw. And he wants the belt. Guess and he, what? He, 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 that's Romero what anybody, it's not his fault. Ray it's not his fault. can sit there and complain all, all they want, but they're not going to make the dollars that GSP makes. That's why he gets fired. That's, fine, that's the waltz into that title. is that, you know, you want, you want people to take the UFC seriously. Then you need to give them the, you know what's the sad? rightful contenders the you know fight. What's sad? More people are going to put serious dollars into that event. Because and more they people are going to put more, more about... dollars into Maymac and really think it's legit. And May- May- I- I- I've been claiming this for a while. Look, a lot of people are going to watch this McGregor Mayweather fight. People are dumb. They don't know the difference. They think this is like, this. They- they're going to think this is what McGregor does. They're going to watch him get beat by Mayweather. Mark my words, it is bad business for Mayweather 
if he loses. Yeah. I don't care if it's in another sport. It's still bad you mean business. McGregor. It's bad yes, news McGregor. for McGregor if yes. he loses. Yeah. Yeah. Mayweather doesn't matter. He walks off into the sunset. He's already well, he retired. doesn't want his his legacy tarnished, and this would tarnish. No, but regardless, he retires after this fight. It's not going to hurt him. I think him that might happen to McGregor, too. I think it hurts McGregor more. I think more. McGregor might be done after this, too. He's going to make $100 million. He's going to be out of MMA shape. Which means I he destroyed two divisions in the UFC. Very good chance left. he's done. Well, then those magical belts, the asterisk gets removed, and they're transubstantiated into real title belts. Ah, everybody's happy. Everybody wins. No. No, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, this guy's in his prime. McGregor's in his prime. Tony Ferguson's right there. Oh, you don't mm-hmm. think he retires? You don't think there's any chance he retires after? Well, my only thing is, Mayweather. I said it before and I'll say it again. He's training nothing but boxing now. Right. I don't think he can right. just train nothing He's but boxing and then come back into MMA and fight a monster like Tony Ferguson. By the time he comes back, he's <clears throat> going to be like the Anderson Silva we've got. Now. Or fight a monster like Nate Diaz, as he had a lot of trouble with before. A lot of people still think Diaz won that second fight. Mm-hmm. Or come back and fight Khabib. I keep saying, these guys are no joke. Mm. You can't just take MMA off a year, and he's always been a big guy to say that. You can't just take it off a year and come back. Mm. You just can't. And I just, I don't know, I just really see a big downfall from this. And I think a loss, even if it isn't boxing, is going to hurt him. It's going to hurt. Period. But it's okay. Because, like I said, the only intriguing thing about this is everybody's going to watch him make $100 million. Mm. That's really the only storyline to this. There's nothing like, wow, we really think Connor's the best boxer in the world. He could take out the all-time great. No. It's like, go ahead, Connor, go get your $100 million. Like, Pete, you just want to watch somebody get rich? The world is pathetic. Mm. It is stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I don't see the intrigue there. I mean, maybe I'm just by myself on this. I don't know. But I just think it's weird. Really weird. Tony Ferguson's a dog. Like, that guy, oh, my God. That is, that's the fight. Mm. Tony Ferguson versus Connor. Or Nate Diaz versus Connor, three. Call me crazy, but that's the fight I'm, I'd pay $100 for. It doesn't even seem fair to let him go outside of the UFC. How does he even get sanctioned at 0-0? Zero, zero? people that are waiting there that... How do you even get sanctioned for, for that in a boxing match? Belt. I mean, I understand you're in combat sports, but how do you even get it sanctioned? At 0-0, zero zero, you're going in against 49-0, the greatest boxer of all time. How does that even get sanctioned? Money, 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 money. It doesn't make sense all across the board. I mean, I would even make a little bit more Dude's sense name is even if it was a mixed rules fight. You know, maybe more like a kickboxing That's what match. I was saying. Let them duct tape <laughs> boxing gloves to their feet. I'd be interested in, in that. Fight. I really would. I yes. would be interested in that. Awesome. But it's just a pure boxing match. I just, uh, whatever. But anyway, at the end of it, you know, Jacques Array pretty much said it. The whole middleweight division is unhappy, and they are. You talk to all of them from A to Z, they are all disgruntled, and I don't blame them. As Tyron Woodley sits there, and there's not even a title contender there yet. There's nobody even in the dusk. Yeah. People are leaving, left and right. That middleweight division doesn't even have a contender right now. They got Maya fighting in May. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really wait. understand. Is it going to be Nick Diaz? No, because Nick Diaz is turning down every single fight given to him. There's literally, I can't think of who they're going to, are they going to give the Lawler rematch? And it keeps, it keeps me asking, like, why isn't GSP fighting at 170 again? I don't understand. But whatever. Oh, I'm ranting. I am <laughs> mad. I need I need a shot. I'm just mad tonight with the MMA world. I just don't like what I'm seeing. Don't like it at all. <clears throat> you know, maybe it's just because the middleweight division is probably the deepest right now of contenders. Literally, they have like five of them waiting there. I mean, even with Kelvin Gaslam right now, he looks like a serious contender. Like, they keep being built, and they keep coming in, and they're being built up, and... 
none of them are getting a shot. It's just like just at a standstill, and it started last year with the Dan Henderson fight. Just garbage. To me, it's just garbage. But we'll see what happens. Speaking of that middleweight division, it's finally official today in free agency. He's been a free agent for a while, but he finally got signed down to the Bellator banner. Mm. Lorenz Larkin, number eight ranked UFC welterweight, is now with Bellator. Insomniac, what do you think of this move? I think it's a good move on Bellator. Is that it? I don't know what else to say. Like, the guy hasn't fought in a while. Well, oh, he fought at 202. He beat Neil Magny. Very good fight. Really put on a impressive performance. He beat Jorge Masvidal recently. I know. I'm just saying. It's now 210 or 211. Like, it's been a while since he fought. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. No. He played the free agency game. I don't yeah. blame him. I think he played hard to get. This is a guy that did it right. You know, like, he was disgruntled about his money, disgruntled about the way he was treated. He played the free agency game, even if it does take a little while sometimes. You know, he fought last at 202. That was August. So this has been going on for about, you know, a good seven months now. But he got the deal he wanted. He's now going to go into that shark tank. You know, their their deepest division is welterweight right now in Bellator. They got some really good fighters. And he's a great addition to that. I mean, with I'm thinking of matchups with Lorenz Larkin versus Paul Daly. Lorenz Larkin versus Roy McDonald. Lorenz Larkin versus MVP. Uh, Lorenz Larkin against the champ, Diego Lima. There's a lot to do there. It's very, very interesting. I say good for Bellator. You know, as, as, you know, of course, Bellator just gained within the last eight months or so, they gained Roy McDonald, the number two ranked welterweight in the world, and Lorenz Larkin, the number eight. It's pretty impressive. But GSP had to go to middleweight. I don't know. They're losing welterweight fighters, but they're sending their welterweight king of all time to middle. It's, ugh. I'm going to get upset again. But that just leads me to believe, you know, I'm sitting here still looking at it in the free agency market. Fighters leaving the UFC lately. It's been a lot. I feel like more than I've ever seen. Kind of a really weird time for the UFC right now. And it's mostly a lot of international fighters that are asking to leave. Hmm. I mean, Albert Tumanov just recently did it. Wasn't happy with the money they were giving him, so he went to ACB. There's, you know, out of the last two or three months that I've seen, Lorenz Larkin, number eight going from the UFC. Kyoji Horiguchi went to Ryzen. Number three ranked flyweight. Gone. Zach Makovsky, flyweight. They released him or he didn't want to sign back. Number 11 ranked. Nikita Krylov, number nine ranked 205 pounder. Left, was disgruntled and went to Russia and he now fights for EFN. Uh, they let go of Li Jingliang. He was four and two in the UFC. Eric Perez, four and two in the UFC. I mean, these are good fighters that are just going. It's been a long time since I've seen this happen in the UFC. UFC has had all the best fighters under one banner for a really long time. And I haven't seen free agents leave the UFC or, you know, be disgruntled and leave and go elsewhere, but it is what it is. And now today it just reported Michael McDonald asked for his release and he got it. Number nine ranked bantamweight. Gone. Hmm. So all these ranked fighters are leaving. I mean, out with the old, in with the new. Not like any of them are really going to hurt them, but it's interesting to see. Well, and if they're leaving and going to these other organizations and strengthening them, and then that's you know bringing like it is brush on earlier competition for the whole sport is good. So, in the free agency, I'm still waiting to see Ryan Bader, number four ranked light heavyweight. I mean, it's pretty much all but official that he's going to Bellator. But I'm going to pump the brakes on that because 
He's still in the UFC rankings. I mean, they yanked Misha Serkin off, off the rankings, and he signed back with the UFC. They took Lorenz Larkin off right away. But Bader's still there. I don't... Something... Who knows? They might throw a curveball. I don't know. I heard he was officially let go. I, I heard that too, but this is all hearsay. Mm. But he's still in the UFC rankings. Do you not find that weird when they were... They've been in this negotiation process for a while. You know, like Misha Serkinov, he was let... He, they took him off the rankings instantly. But they haven't taken Bader off yet. I find that kind of strange. We'll see. But it could be part of their PR department where they're just backed up. They're not getting the work done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm still waiting to see where Marlon Marias is going, Justin Gaethje, and Ryan Bader. Three big names that are out there floating around. We'll see what happens. We will definitely see what happens. It'll be interesting. Which, speaking of Misha Serkinov, he was signed to fight on that, I forget, I know Gustafsson versus Teixeira is the main event. He signed the fight Vulcan Oesdemir. The guy who stepped up and took out OSP on short notice. So we'll see what happens there. Other than that, I can say Tony Ferguson called out Nate Diaz for a fight. He wants Connor. He wants Nate. And those are the two names he's staring at right now. But it looks like Connor's not even coming back to the UFC or MMA in general. So you, you might I think everybody should just keep Connor out their mouth right now. But Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz, I don't know what the holdup is there or why they can't get that fight signed. I hope that's the fight they're working really hard on. If it's a money issue, just pay Nate. I don't see why he wouldn't right now. I don't understand why he couldn't get paid superstar money to headline a card against Tony Ferguson for, you know, an interim title. You're saying Nate? Nate, yeah. yeah. If it's a money thing, why not just pay him? He's, Try to he's get it there. to be... That household. I mean, I think, I think that Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz would do very well in the box office. That would be a cool fight, too. But we will see. But our hour's up. Thanks for your time, folks. We appreciate it. Please tell your friends. Like, share, retweet us. Find the Better Fightcast on SoundCloud. Get every show on our network. Follow Better Health in the World on SoundCloud or subscribe on Podcast Addict. Check out our flagship program of the same name where we consume and share good food and habits life the mind culture everything that speaks to maximizing the human experience follow the shows at better hall that's at better h-a-w and follow joe at the mma historian sean at mma underscore insomniac gabby at gabby underscore t and me at matthew j better we love you guys and girls peace